Welcome to The Interop, the show which is all about understanding the economic networks that make up the interchain. Today I'm speaking with Federico Kunze-Kulma, who's the CEO of Tharsis and the founder of Evmos. He's been on the podcast a couple of months ago, I guess, and today I wanted to get him on uh, for a quick update because there's lots going on in the Evmos space right now with um, uh, you know v, uh, version 6.0.1, which just came out. There's some interesting propositions also happening in governance. And uh, also, you know, we'd like to chat about what's coming up for Evmos, what's what should we expect in V7, V8, and so on. Um, but first, I just want to give a, you know, get, get a couple of things out of the way here. Um, I'm sure a lot of you probably are aware of this, but Interop Ventures and the Interop Podcast are organizing Nebular Summit on July 22nd. Uh, it's happening in Paris right after HCC. And it's a conference that's all about celebrating the Cosmos and Interchain ecosystem. Uh, we'll have about 40 speakers there, Cosmos developers, entrepreneurs, and researchers talking about you know, the challenges to the Interchain, but also talking about the future and where the Interchain ecosystem is heading. And uh, we just sold out. We sold out this morning, uh, sold about 250 tickets. So if you didn't get your tickets, um, well, there's two things that, two things, uh, that you can do. Uh, one is, well, you can watch the live stream, which will be on the Nebular Summit YouTube channel. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And you can also uh, register on the wait list. So if you go to the website and you click register, there is a wait list there. And that'll give you one of two things. Either tickets open up at some point if the venue can com accommodate more people. And that at that point, we'll put more tickets for sale. And if that doesn't happen, well, at least next year, you'll be the first to know, the first to know about early bird tickets. We'll email all the people on the wait list to let them know about Nebular Summit 2033. That's right. We're already thinking about next year. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks everybody who uh, got tickets. Uh, looking forward to seeing everyone. And of course, thanks to our sponsors. Evmos is our galactic sponsor. Uh, thanks, Fede, for help, helping me get that set up with the, with the community pool and also Anoma, Neutron, sure. Club, and Celestia. Uh, yeah, excited to see you there too. It'll be really great. Uh, and I think we're going to have a great time. Um, if you're not already subscribed to this channel, please consider subscribing so you get new videos and get notified when we have a, a live stream coming up. And of course, if you like this content, please consider staking with Interop Ventures. We do have an Evmos validator uh, and you can find us in the active set. So with that out of the way, how are you doing? Hey, thanks, Sebastian. Uh... I'm doing great. Pretty busy these days. Just did the upgrade. Went well. Um, had some hiccups with some uh, RPC providers, but this morning I spent some time interacting with a few of the applications out there. And the user experience is just like super smooth. Uh, yeah. Just like transactions get instantly confirmed. Um, you don't have to wait for your pending transaction because like the the amount of R bots have been decreasing. We also implemented a bunch of changes regarding that in the last release. Uh, the, yeah, excited for what's also coming next. Cool. Uh, yeah, me too. And we'll talk about that uh, here in, in a little bit. Um, yeah, the upgrade uh, it looks like it went pretty smoothly. Uh, I mean, on our node, like we had a couple of hiccups when we uh, when we did the upgrade. There were some parameters, like some pruning parameters and stuff that. Um, apparently like needs to be updated, but it seems like everything's running pretty smoothly now. Um, so yeah, what, what is in V6 and, and maybe just like give a little bit of background because there was V5 that didn't pass governance 
and uh, you know, maybe talking about because I mean, it is essentially the same upgrade, I think. Um, but yeah, why didn't V5 pass, and what's in this new uh, version, this new upgrade? Yeah, so B5, um, the, the whole concept of V5 was like, as I mentioned before, like speed up the network, um, try to decrease the block time from six seconds to two seconds. But at the same time, it was also contained a lot of changes on the Ethermint side, uh, which is our EVM library that powers Evmos and other uh, EVM compatible chains in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and so the main changes there were, um, for example, updating how the base fee gets calculated on uh, the EIP-1559 logic. Uh, for the ones that don't know, base fee is just like the, um, it's uh, a new parameter that was included in, in this standard on Ethereum, um, basically to try to create a fee market where the fee that was going to be used in the next block was going to be more predictable. So it had like a lot of improvements in terms of user experience, et cetera. Uh, and our library supports this, but unfortunately the, um, the gas metering logic on the Cosmos side is a bit different from the Ethereum side. So we had to adjust a few of the parameters there and, and uh, updated the code. So it, was, it better reflects how transactions work on the Cosmos side. And then um, another big change that we implemented was refunding 50% of the leftover gas. So on Ethereum, when, you, when you, you define a gas limit for your transaction, which is the amount, amount of, maximum amount of gas that you're able to, that you, are, uh, that you want to spend in this uh, execution. And so if you pass the limit, your transaction runs out of gas and is reverted. But if your transaction uh, uses less gas than the limit that you define, you get reimbursed 50, um, the total amount on Ethereum. And we change that so that uh, you only get back 50% of that leftover gas. Um, and the reason why we did this is also to try to make it less economically um, feasible for all these art bots to start messing up with the uh, with the different uh, applications on it, on Atmos, and so uh, that also reduces the amount of load on the network. And the third so, change, uh, just is... just to to stop you there for a second, what what yeah. is it about this change that uh, makes it more difficult for art bots to to uh, you know? So like, yeah, so. So yeah, so instead of returning like 100%, if they set up a gas limit that is way higher than the um, than the estimated gas, for example, you only get 50% of that leftover gas. So oh, okay, um, so I see. So like an art bot would typically put like a, a high uh, gas limit such that their transactions actually get through. In this way, they're only going to get reimbursed 50% of that, and so therefore, like they're at a loss, perhaps. Usually right? you would set up a little bit higher. Um, the the gas limit would you would set it a little bit higher than the estimated gas, so that the transaction um, doesn't revert and then you don't lose your arbitrage transaction. Um, so, for example, your swap or any other arbitrage transaction that is uh, is typically used, especially in Univ two ports, mm -hmm. and. 
So yeah, so refunding 50% of that leftover gas makes it less economically uh, attractive for these arbitrage box to be deployed. And the other thing that we implemented, which I believe I believe this was a made, uh, the biggest change that we implemented in B5 was the uh, addition of the implementation of a minimum gas price globally. So on Cosmos, how this usually works is validators beforehand uh, set up their local on their local configuration. What is the minimum amount of gas that they, that they will receive and validate? Um, sorry, that they will take the transactions and pack them into the block. Yeah. Now, um, but the problem was that even if you set a zero, uh, zero EVMOS transaction, so like zero fee transaction to the network, that transaction was still going into the mempool. Um, so that caused a lot of uh, transactions that were queued, but not being validated. And that also impacted seriously uh, um, the user experience on all these different applications. So by setting a minimum gas price that is uh, agreed by every single validator in the in the network, then we will just like reject all the transactions that are below that threshold and um, yeah, only have uh, relevant, relevant transactions so that we decrease the load on the mempool. Okay, inter interesting. And um, you mentioned earlier that the also in this upgrade the block time is reduced. What's the what's the reasoning behind that, and what do you hope to achieve by reducing the block time? Um, so nothing other than just like improving the user experience. Um, applications we wanted applications to have a smooth user experience, and um, our goal with this upgrade in particular was to um modify all and fix all these issues that we were facing with the art bots uh with the low fee transactions that were still being uh introduced to the mempool and also the base fee the three the three components that i mentioned before but ideally uh combined with those three um making the network faster would also allow users to have a smoother experience interacting with these applications so even though even if some, even if we had like a lot of transactions, those transactions will get processed quickly, um, quicker. That was the whole okay. premise behind that. And if okay. you interact okay. with applications or with a dashboard right now, um, it'll just like take two seconds to get your transaction confirmed and validated. And is this the is this the case whether you're interacting uh, on the Cosmos side and on and on the Ethereum side, or are there some some differences there, uh, whether you're interacting with one or the other? No, it's the same one. And the reason why we did this is um, right now, I mean, previously, uh, the block time on Evmos was around 5.9 seconds. And five of those 5.9 seconds were just like uh, sleep time or idle time, um, which is called timeout commit in the node configuration. So mm -hmm. after coming to consensus on the transaction, there were five seconds afterwards that you had to uh, wait in order to process the next block um, after it had been committed. And so um, we reduced that timeout from five seconds to one second. So now we can have, I think, uh, 
Let me see right now. It's one point. It's one point nine seventy three milliseconds. Uh, sorry, one point nine seventy three. So yeah, it's pretty much yeah l less than two seconds transaction, which was uh, overall the goal that we wanted to. Very cool. Um, and I, I believe there's also some changes in this update relating to the airdrop claims. And I want to talk a little bit more broadly about that because there was a recent proposal that just went through that um, is uh, is changing the the claim period uh, up until or yeah maybe you, you can explain a little bit more in detail what what that proposal actually means. But essentially, it makes it such that people can claim their um, their rec drop tokens until the first of August. So what what are some of the changes that this upgrade um, implements on that side? Yeah, so the main thing was, um, so for some users that they claim their tokens, uh, basically how the claiming process works for Cosmos and Osmosis users, which were part of the Cosmos category of our airdrop. Remember that we are on our airdrop, we consider Cosmos users, Ethereum users, also rec users from Ethereum related uh, vulnerabilities, and also um, core con early contributors to Cosmos on Ethermint. Um, so for the Cosmos uh, users, uh, the way that we implemented the Erdo was that you had to basically perform a cross-chain attestation of your keys, and that was used by sending a transaction from Osmosis or from Cosmos Hub to your address that you wanted to receive those tokens. And initially, um, a lot of users like claim these airdrop these um, to Kepler wallets so that they could um, they could still use their preferred wallet and interact with staking and use IVC, et cetera. And so the major limitation there was that um, Kepler is not EVM compatible. So you could basically perform three out of the four um, claim of like actions that you had to do for, to claim your total amount. And so this upgrade, what we did is like the, for the ones that only had that one left, we switched that to another action, say um, voting, so that you um, you could perform the voting action again and claim the full amount of the order. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. This this whole like I, I gotta say like the the claiming process. If you the claiming process I find has has been like quite um, uh, complicated and maybe like unreassuring at least for me because I use a ledger and most of the tokens that I could claim were on those addresses and I, I'm pretty sure that before the before the network had to be uh, halted and relaunched. I had done some action that had allowed me to like sort of claim some tokens. And then after the network relaunched, um, you know, the, I was able to, to claim the rest of my airdrop in the interface, but I can't help but think like that there's some tokens lost somewhere. Like, and I, I don't know like where to look to like really be sure that I don't have like some tokens lost on some weird, like, you know, de derivative path of the, of the, of the ledger. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't want to do tech support here, but that's been my experience. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I, t reflecting on that, definitely. Um, 
And so the, the, the idea that we had is to basically acquire users from all these different ecosystems, like in this case, Evmos and Ethereum, oh, sorry, Cosmos and Ethereum. Um, but now thinking about this, um, we should have done it in a different way um, that was more intuitive, more simple for the end user. Um, yeah, I mean, the mechanism I think was like really novel and I think a lot of people really appreciated the, the mechanism um, because it was really unique and it, I think it was like the first time that we saw someone do uh, we saw a project do um, uh, an airdrop like so broad and across ecosystems and everything. Um, but so, uh, you know, this brings me maybe to my next point. So I, I read somewhere that 75% uh, haven't claimed their airdrop and that this, this is mostly people on Ethereum. Uh, so people who benefited from the from the gas drop on Ethereum. Um, is this Are these numbers accurate? Is this something also you've seen? Yeah, so if you go to the dashboard on or the Evmos application app.evmos.org, uh, the total amount of claim, the total amount of Evmos claim is like 24.2 million out of the 100 million um, that were available. So yeah, that is that is accurate. Um, we're still early. Um, we want to see. We, we extended the the. Um, the claiming period uh, through the latest proposal, which was um, proposal yeah. 34, 34, that already passed. And so hopefully we can give more time to the Cosmos users to also uh, claim those tokens because um, out of those 100 million tokens, uh, the, largest, the largest amount of users were the Ethereum users, but in terms of average, um, Average claimable amount per user. The Cosmos uh, users had more tokens to, to be claimed. Yeah. So okay. we hope that by giving users an an extension to this claiming period, they can claim more tokens. And yeah. then we'll see um, because they, I think the uh, the K period is also um, a, a couple months. I think in September and October. Uh, would all these tokens will be called back? Hmm. So and they'll the go back thing, in the community pool, right? They'll go back to the community pool. So the, the next thing would be what do we do with those tokens? And there have been a, a bunch of discussions over there, uh, here and there, uh, funding infrastructure, um, hmm. or uh, funding applications, providing liquidity. Uh, there's been conversations about doing a treasury diversification um, on the community pool and even burning those tokens. Um, okay. So there have been there have been multiple options uh, that some community members have um, provided different ideas. So uh, I think after I think around the time um, when the proposal. Uh, sorry, when the uh, DKP starts, we will like start discussing more formally about this. Okay, and you know, what, what do you? Why do you think is it is that a lot of the folks on the Ethereum side haven't claimed their tokens? Do you think it's maybe that they're not aware of it, or that they, you know, don't want to go through the effort of doing it? And... 
I think uh, a lot of users don't necessarily just want to claim and do all these actions. Um, I think that's the main thing. Maybe it could have, like, and, and this is like thinking back, we wanted to acquire users from the uh, top applications on the Ethereum side, but yeah. a lot of them are also users that are not very active in other communities or are not very aware. Um, and so claiming for them, it's like not worth it. Yeah, so maybe we could have, for example, given out more tokens to people that were um, that were active in the Cosmos community, that were more familiar with the idea of claiming tokens and doing different actions. So for example, yeah. like the ones that receive tokens from osmosis, et cetera, like that had already the experience of performing different actions. Crescent also had that same thing and Stargate. So I think the overall, it's like a standard at this point in the Cosmos system that you need to do actions in order to claim. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the fact that you, yeah, you have to do act, like you have to do this action to claim, um, you know, maybe adds a little, like it, it adds an extra step that maybe a lot of people aren't. Yeah. Aren't so really for example, there. uni, you need to just like receive the, with the uni or just receive the tokens in your balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was only for the users that interacted with uni stuff. Um, so it's kind of like rewarding past, um, past behavior, like, yeah, early users, more or less. And, uh, you know, before we, before we move on to, to the next topics here, uh, you know, so, someone, someone here in the, in the chat, uh, has mentioned that Evmos is the only coin that hasn't dumped with the market. Um, and that is somehow magic fuckery and also that they love you. Uh, <laughs> so what, um, wh why do you, why do you think that Evmos is doing so well, uh, compared to some of the other tokens, uh, like in the Cosmos ecosystem, but also like, I think just broadly, you know, everything, everything else is so, is down, like at least, ha at least 20, 30, 50%. I think that, um, it's, uh, I think it's part of the high PR, um, the, like the token model initially considered these high APR early on to kind of like increase the security of the network, have more tokens be staked, uh, and increase um, the early adoption of all these applications, etc. Um, but what we didn't think, of course, was that there was going to be like a massive uh, crash in markets and like global economy, like inflation um in the us and other major economies uh <laughs> i think like the value right now of the euro like went below one one dollar um yeah, so like, 98 cents for like, the first time in my for, for the first time in my life i mean as long as i remember using euro yeah so, so like it's to be honest it's all these different factors on the fact that we still have these like inflation um, considered as part of our token model. So that then like when everything was crashing and Evmos had like such a high APR, APR um, just like, I guess, was part of these, uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll take a look and use these uh, product, use my 
my airdrop tokens to interact with the network, to stake and provide liquidity and all that stuff, uh, like basically interacting with the protocol itself. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the I think the APR on the staking definitely, uh, you know, definitely helps. Um, but yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll see. I think I think like, you know, by 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 the time that starts coming down, we'll see more applications on it. So, you know, there'll be a smooth transition into more usability of the network, uh, rather than just like you know these insanely high rewards, uh, which are great. Yeah, it's it's great, <laughs> especially right now. Uh, given everything else that's going on in the markets. So um, yeah, let, let's talk about this Prop 35. Um, so this is a proposition that is still in voting period and um, is essentially to register ERC-20s uh, for osmosis. Uh, can you explain what this what this is? And uh, then we can get into some of the technical aspects. Yeah, so... Um, basically, on Edmos, we have the EVM component and also the Cosmos component. And Osmosis is uh, registered as a, it's, it's basically an IVC token that has been transferred over to Edmos, but then uh, that doesn't mean it's compatible with the EVM because it's not an ERC-20 token. By registering these, uh, proposal here, when the proposal passes, it will basically register an ERC-20 token representation of the osmosis token so that users can convert those tokens natively uh, to ERC-20s and use them in the rest of the Edmos applications. Okay, so when you, just, just to kind of walk through this, um, when you IBC, let's say some Osmo into Evmos, um, I, I don't know that I've done this. I mean, I think I have. So, but what happens to those Evmos now? Uh, and, and how would this make it, how would this be different? Is it, is it just that those tokens are going to now be visible? Yeah. Like, in, yes. uh, sort of the ether scan version, like of the block explorer. Yeah. So this is the same problem that ETH had on, on Ethereum with, uh, that it was not being able to to be used in the um, in the EVM because it's not an ERC twenty. So that then is when uh, the the double the the wrap ETH uh, token was born, where you could use the smart contract to convert the wrapped ETH to ETH one one to one. Yeah, this is a, taking the same idea of instead of using uh, ETH and WETH is using osmosis and these ERC20 osmosis. Okay. So then, and for that, we need to take uh, to store a one-to-one -one map so that you can say, this is a smart contract for osmosis um, so that users can convert to that specific ERC20 and burn those tokens, etc. Is this something that needs to be done on a per token basis, or is there like a generalized solution that would allow any um, any Cosmos token, IBC token, to move into to Evmos? It needs to be approved by governance. The main thing that okay. needs to be considered is that you're registering their right uh, denomination. In this case, it's the IBC token, uh, and then you give it. It's basically you need to create an ERC twenty 
contract. So for that, you provide the information about the token, the name, uh, what's the token that you want to display, etc. So that's basically. But why why does this need to be uh, approved by governance? Is there a software upgrade, or because, or is it just a smart contract that gets deployed to the chain? Yeah. So the main reason why this needs to be approved by governance is because otherwise you could have a thousand ERC twenty osmosis. So by gov yeah. by going through governance, the community votes on which which is the canonical representation of the osmosis. Okay. And the other component is yeah, basically aligning the entire community on one single ERC twenty token contract for osmosis. And the second yeah. one is that the owner of the smart contract is the protocol itself. Uh, Instead okay. of yeah. having another person or another project uh, being the owner of the contract and unilaterally minting uh, and inflating the token supply of Cosmosis, etc. Mm, I see. And okay. So, so essentially, like this will need to happen for like we'll have to have the same governance uh, process for Adam yeah. and and Juno yep. and everything else. Exactly. Okay. Wow. So it's only done once. Once each. for for each token. Got it. Okay. And um, yeah, what does this mean practically for for uh, Evmos users? Um, well, I mean, so I guess. To sort of answer my own question, we'll be able to have representations of these tokens over um, on on the uh, Ethereum side of Evmos, and so therefore you could be able exactly. to use those tokens uh, to participate in liquidity pools or, or do things like that. What, what else? Like, what what do you see this will like say in like six months to a year? Um, what will this have like brought to the platform? Yeah, uh, so the main thing that this trends to aim is like interoperability between all these contracts, uh, sorry, between all these assets uh, from the Evmos EVM to uh, to the rest of the ecosystem. So, and so like, for example, these ERC-20 token representation of the Osmosis token can be then bridged over via Nomad over to any of the connecting EVM chain. So Evmos could be uh, potentially, nice. so Evmos will be the router for all these uh, assets in the Cosmos ecosystem to the rest of the EVM ecosystem. Um, okay. And vice this, versa. This so, cool. for, so for example, all the assets that are bridged over uh, via Nomad and Connect and other bridges in the ecosystem can then be represented as be represented as Cosmos tokens so that then you can actually see them to the rest of the ecosystem. So you can have the union token and every single token in the ecosystem and the EVM ecosystem bridge over via these bridges and then transfer over to, uh, to Cosmos Hub, to Osmosis, to Juno. Uh, you can have all these uh, tokens that are not uh, considered in any of the other bridges in the Cosmos ecosystem like Actor and Gravity Bridge. And because we have EVM bridges, you can represent them on Evmos, on the Evmos EVM, and then, for example, bridge them over uh, IBC to Juno and have them be available in Juno shop. Yeah. 
do you think that this will help um, bring more liquidity into Evmos DEXs? Or yeah, into Evmos DEXs, like, Definitely. do you think this is gonna help that? Yeah, so I think like liquidity is one of the things that has been hurting us the most. Um, partially because uh, not, on, not all the tokens have been claimed so far. Um, yeah. And then the lack of all these, all these assets from the Cosmos ecosystem in the Atmos EVM so that they cannot be used at the moment in liquidity pools, in the, all these different protocols, etc. So by having them represented as ERC20 tokens, now will create more utility and more value for Osmosis, for Atom, for Juno, and for Stars and all the tokens in the Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah. So, for example, you could buy an NFT using Atom. Um, yeah. The Atom ERC twenty. That's definitely yeah. something that you can you can use after this proposal passes. Um, yeah, I, I I was I made this little video, um, or I was I was going to make a video about about this, and then I ended up releasing another video. But I think I am going to do this video, uh, where it's essentially like. You know, I want to look at like all the dexes on Evmos and how how you can move tokens in and out of those dexes from the Ethereum side and and from the from the um, the the Cosmos side. And yeah, what, when I was like looking at this, one of the things that I remarked was that you 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 can go from Evmos, you can go from Cosmos to Evmos and then into uh, Ethereum, but you can't move any of the Cosmos tokens into um, into Atmos right now, or at least like use them, you know, on, on any of the DEXs. So yeah, this, this will be great. Like once, um, once we have like all the Cosmos tokens, basically like in the DeFi liquidity pools on Atmos. And do you think that there might be some collisions though? Because like all of the, say for instance, like there's wrapped ETH on Evmos, um, you know, through, I think it's, I think it's Axelar. Um, and then you also have like USDC on, on FMOS. And then you also have like Nomad and, um, and uh, multi-chain and seller USDC over on like all of the DEXs on, on FMOS. Like uh, what, what, what kind of things would block, would, would create collisions here? Like how can we ma manage, you know, like all the confusion around all these different yeah. assets that might overlap each other? So this is kind of like part of the liquidity fragmentation. Um, and so like if you use the same assets over different bridges, you will end up with different token representation. And some of them, uh, I mean, this is detrimental, as you mentioned, for the user overall user experience, because the user ideally should not care what representation yeah. of the token is. But it's just like, if I breach a USDC, I just want to know that it's one USDC everywhere. Yeah. And so there are like two ways to mitigate this in a way. It's just like, we have been pushing forward, uh, working closely with Nomad and Connect um, to make it like the, um, the, the breach that is approved and, uh, by the team. And we have been working closely to, together to uh, Mitigate some performance, like work on some performance improvement, uh, make it as fast as possible, work on security features, etc. 
Yeah. And so that's kind of like from like an, an opinionated view on like how the 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 representation should be. And then on yeah. the other side, um, knowing that this is not feasible in the long term, as in um, what I mean, that there will be for sure multiple representations of assets bridged uh, via different uh, EVM bridges and IVC, et cetera. Um, on the UI side, ideally you should only have uh, USDC, and then if you if you open like yeah. USDC, you'll have like a a detailed view of which are the USDC representations that you have in your yeah. balance, for example. And then they're like stable swaps, um, like for example, Kinesis on Evmos, that is gonna like kind of refungibilize some of those and uh, those tokens so that you can swap. I uh, think, of, for example, the Nomad USDC for Axar USDC or et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and would, would it be the case that if, if say you have, um, I guess, so I guess Axelar isn't currently uh, connected to Evmos, but let, let's say that Axelar or like, let, let's say that there are bridges going from the EVM ecosystem to Evmos via Ethereum. And then we also have those bridges coming through the, like kind of like the other way through Cosmos. Would an, would a, a USDC Axelar coming from Evmos be fungible with a USDC Axelar coming from Ethereum? Or are those not fungible? Um, depends if they use the same... Mm, uh, that's a great question. I don't think they're fungible because it's... on. Uh, it's the same problem where you have like Atom that is bridged over, that is transferred to Osmosis and then to Evmos. Yeah. Uh, then the Atom that is transferred directly from the Cosmos Hub from from the Cosmos Hub to Evmos. Uh, it's the same underlying yeah, asset. Yeah, gravity bridge. Or no, no, via uh, via IBC. Yeah, via IBC. So, because there's like two alike clients, it's it's a uh, yeah. This is a problem yeah, uh, of a the security of guarantees. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we have direct connections right now. Okay. Uh, from most of the. Things. Yeah, I don't know like what's gonna be necessary to fix this, but I, I I just feel like as there are more and more bridges and like overlap like overlap between these bridges someone's going to have to figure out a solution to figure out this, like to, to fix this UX problem of all these representations of all these different assets, because it does, I mean, it doesn't scale. Like once, once you have like dozens, you start having dozens and perhaps hundreds of blockchains all bridged across from each other with like different, different security guarantees. Um, yeah. I don't know what the solution is there, but. I hope someone finds it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, with IBC, we don't really have this problem, um, but with 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 bridging, where, where security guarantees are necessary, we do. Um, yeah, so um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about what's next. Um, you, before we got on here, you were already telling me about V seven and V eight and and liquid staking, and uh, so yeah, what's what's coming up? Uh, for Evmos on the roadmap. Yeah, so the main things that we want to work on is uh, so on the product side, we're trying to add 
uh, these uh, validator fairness. Um, so like we have a unified view for dashboard on how do you select the validators more based on your interest than for example on the ranking. Um, that is also gonna help the validators that Very are important. sitting in the lower positions. Um, another functionality that we are adding to the dashboard is uh, auto compounding of taking so that you can awesome. like take once, take once with your validator and then just forget about it and just like auto compound all those taking rewards. Um, while at Connect support, um, then we're adding uh, more networks to IVC and another like other functionalities, of course. Uh, we're also adding an asset space so that you can convert your ERC20 tokens to Cosmos represented coins, and then you can transfer them via IVC. Um, so yeah, more like if you use Emery's back in the day, um, I did a little I, bit, but not, yeah. Not so it has like your entire portfolio of tokens. Um, so we're we're trying to add that in in some in a way that is uh, clear to the end user. And um, yeah, more or less, that's kind of like the the goal right now that we're trying to work on those functionalities on the product side. And then on on the protocol side, B7 is going to finalize the token model. Uh, it's in, on it. It's we're currently working on IVC relayer rebates um, so that we can boost the IVC uh, functionality. So like uh, more relayers that are transferring, uh, working on, on relaying all these transactions from Osmosis, from Cosmos Cloud, Juno, et cetera, can get a rebate on the on their transaction fees because right now they're higher than before with the latest upgrade. And then we're also finalizing the fee split mechanism. So this is basically giving back part of the network utility from every transaction fee that you spend in a smart contract, you are now gonna be funding that team directly um, with 50% of your transactions. Yeah, yeah, that, that I think uh, I'm really looking forward to and looking forward to seeing like what kind of interesting uh, business models come out of that. Um, and, and also, you know, I think just generally, you know, if, if that will attract like a new, um, a new class of, of EVM developers um, that want to benefit from like this, this way of funding their project, I think like from, from the ground yeah. up. Yeah, um, ultimately we want you developers to have like a view where they can go and see which are their smart contracts and how much they've uh, they've made over say the past month uh, with all yeah. the transaction fees that have targeted their smart contracts. Um, yeah. So in, I don't know, for example, you mentioned diffusion in the past. Um, diffusion can just like go to this UI and see like, oh, uh, your team has made um, or, or anyone can see like diffusion main, uh, 30K, uh, based on the transaction fees during that month. Very cool. So that, so that already gives an idea to all these teams that are bootstrapping, uh, themselves uh, to, to get all these transaction fees directly from, 
from users fees. And uh, yeah, what, what about liquid staking? How's that going to work? Yeah, so one of the major things that we've realized is that liquidity is hurting us. Uh, for the reasons I mentioned before, the yeah. total amount of tokens that is available to be claimed hasn't actually been claimed. Uh, being claimed. Then we have, uh, we're st we still don't have these ERC20 token representations of the Cosmos assets. Um, but overall, like because of the high APR, uh, most of these Evmos tokens are currently state um, yeah. from the ones that are out there. And so users, um, we want users to be able to provide security, but at the same time, provide liquidity to all the different applications. And so like the idea here would be that the user, the default decision for them would be provide security to the network with their Atmos tokens, get this liquid staking token, and then use that to interact with the different application on Atmos. So I'm just looking here. Um, so so when we're looking here at the number of tokens bonded, so there's 31 million of 237 million. That 237 million, does that represent what what portion of that are actually like claimed tokens? That's the total supply. No, this is the total. This is kind of the allocation for the airdrop, which was a hundred million. Right, but so a hundred million. So two hundred thirty-seven million includes the hundred million for the airdrop. Yeah. Okay, and there's only twenty-four million. So there's twenty-four percent of this hundred million um claimed yeah so do we know exactly how many to of the tokens that are in circulation do we know how many are bonded because this here is a little bit misleading uh we'll need to check the staking data in order to uh I don't have the data here with me. Yeah, because so like if you look at if you look at this, you know, this would this would indicate that there's effectively thir thirteen percent of the token stake, but in fact, it would be much higher, um, since uh, you know, like eighty million of the or yeah, seventy five million of those tokens have not yet been uh, been claimed. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, anything else uh, you're excited about? Yeah. So the next thing that we're we're gonna be working on is um, interoperability functionalities. Um, additionally, we're super excited about interesting accounts and um, share security. Also. We are working on different functionalities that will make the Atmos value proposition unique in a way that um, we'll be able to create more EVM compatible chains, directly sharing security from Atmos without any loose of um, composability. Um, what this means is basically now every time you set up a new EVM compatible chain, you need to deploy the basic infrastructure, the oracles, the indexers, the wallet providers, etc. Um, like 
uh, NeuroSafe that now supports FMOS, etc. So if you deploy a newly created um, EVM compatible chain, you don't have any of those. So by sharing security directly with FMOS, you'll be able to use the infrastructure that is deployed in FMOS and all the services and applications via IBC. So for example, smart, direct smart contract to smart contract communication um, so that you can continue building on your EVM compatible chain, but still relying on the core infrastructure that is deployed in and that's, that's our vision for, for like chair security. Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, when should we expect V7 and v, V8? Do, do we have a roadmap here? Um, we are currently doing some internal audit on the uh, final steps of the token model, which is the IBC rebates and also the split. And also we need to work a little bit on the product side so that we can uh, have an interface for developers and uh, projects to uh, register these uh, smart contracts to get 50% of those transactions. Okay, cool. So those are the major things that we need to add here. And we're also, of course, adding a few um, like additions to Ethermint. Um, and then, yeah, that's how we're planning at the moment. Great. Well, we'll look forward to uh, those those proposals uh, coming up in governance, and uh, we'll certainly have you again uh, whenever uh, whenever those are out. Um, yeah, thanks thanks for coming on uh, for this brief update, and uh, yeah, keep keeping us up to date on what's going on in the Evmos uh, ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of things that we have in the pipeline. So if you're interested in working with us, uh, we're hiring four engineers, full stack engineers that can help us with the Atmos um, application side and um, also looking for designers, uh, product designers, senior graphic designers, uh, operations, marketing, and we're still hiring and trying to skill the team to be able to ship and deliver more value to our users. And where can people uh, learn more about those positions? Yeah, so if you go to uh, edmos.org, you'll see our careers page there. All right. So everybody, anybody who's looking for uh, for a job right now, if, 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 if you got fired recently at one of these, you know, big CFI, uh, big C5 platforms and uh, you're looking for, um, you know, you're looking for, for a nice new challenge, uh, head over to uh, evmos.org and check out the careers page down in the footer. So I see here there's a couple of, a couple of open positions. And if you are holding FMOS tokens, you should definitely consider staking with Interop Ventures. Um, this is a validator that we set up recently and uh, yeah, we're looking for people to, uh, to delegate here uh, at Interop Ventures. Federico, thank you so much uh, for coming on once again. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And we'll, I'll see you in Paris in a couple of weeks, in two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking right. forward for that conference. Great. Thanks again. And uh, everybody, so I, I just want to point out here, this has been our most successful, I mean, my most successful live stream uh, ever. Usually there's like five, six people in here and there was like 250 at some point. So <laughs> you, you, you bring a crowd, man. You, bring, you attract a crowd. Um, so um, yeah, thanks everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye.